Hey everyone, sorry for the delay on the gap between episodes. We've had some scheduling issues with some of the guests. I think we have that mostly worked out, so hopefully we'll get back to consistently posting about once a week. Um, I just want to say thank you for everyone listening, getting a lot of feedback. Um, Before I talk about today's guest, I would ask that if you are liking the podcast or getting any value out of it, Please share it with somebody. I know on Apple Podcasts, if you just hit that little button down at the right-hand side, it gives you the option to share over multiple platforms. Really easy to do. So, yeah, that helps a lot to get the word out. So if you could, if you're getting value out of the episode, maybe pick your favorite episode and share it with someone. That'd be great. Today's guest is Nadav Heyman. He's an actor, model, dancer um, based in Los Angeles. And uh, I have a little bit of history with him. He grows up in Corvallis. He grew up in Corvallis, which we talk about. Um, and so I coached against him actually when he was in high school. So I do have like, but other than that, I don't really know him. So we're kind of getting into the waters now where the people on the podcast are not people that I'm super familiar with. So um, I was a little nervous talking to him just because I didn't want, I'm not super familiar with like the celebrity culture and the LA acting scene. And so I didn't want to put him in positions where he would look weird to make him uncomfortable so I didn't want to you know I wasn't sure he's in a commercial with Julia Roberts and I didn't really want to ask name drop he wrote a play that John Ham's in which we discussed a little bit but um you know I did that stuff that I thought was kind of cool and I wanted to know about I did ask him off the pot about but I just wasn't sure if it was like appropriate or okay to talk about that stuff but he did have really nice things to say about both of them and he said that julia roberts smile is as amazing in person as it is on screen so um that was pretty cool but we talk a lot about just what it's been like to be an actor for so long model writer director all the stuff he's doing he has a new short film out right now called jesus that you can find on vimeo we talked about why he doesn't post stuff on youtube and uses Vimeo as his platform of choice. Um, he also has a film which we talked about that is not out yet. I have seen it's awesome uh, as well. And it comes out, he said he thought, sometime early part of next year. But it's also been shortlisted for Sundance, which we talk about. And that's an exciting thing as well. So, um, yeah, he had some really cool things to say. I just talks about how to become a successful actor and director, writer, how that has happened. How he's been able basically to be able to survive in LA and pay his bills, modeling, acting, dancing, um, writing, directing, all of that. So, um, it was a really cool conversation, totally out of the wheelhouse of what normally it's been small business owners and, you know, jujitsu guys. So, and he actually off the pod, you know, I've been asking everyone about their grappling background and he said that he actually has gotten into the UFC, like just watching as a fan in the last year. But, uh, we, that all happened off, off the, off the pod. But anyway, it was an awesome episode, a fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Little Pod That Could. My guest today is Nadav Heyman. He's an actor in uh, L.A. Nadav, thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and we do have a little bit of history we were just talking about before we started the pod. But um, I I knew when you were a freshman, I knew I was like, man, that kid is athletic. He's going to be good. But so you grew up, you were born in Israel, right? Yes, I was. At what point do you come to the States and how do you end up in Corvallis? So I was... Eight or nine, I always forget, um, when we, my family moved to Oregon. And, yeah, my father 
Sorry about that. That's all uh, right. My father, uh, yeah, got a, was getting a doctorate at Oregon State University. And yeah, temporary became permanent and we, and we stayed. So I was in yeah, Oregon from 9 to 17. I see. Okay. And so you played basketball at Corvallis. Did you play anything else? So I played soccer and football growing up as well. And then going into high school, I, I quit everything else and just focused on, on basketball. Okay. Even though I wasn't particularly good my freshman year, but, um, at what basketball? Yeah. Basketball. You were, you were good as a freshman. You kidding? You torched us. I I think I was a freshman coach and you torched us. But anyway, um, you guys won back-to-back state championships, correct? No, no, we didn't. Oh. We, what happened? We we lost in the semis my junior year, and we lost in the state championship by three points my senior year. Dang. So you made it to the championship both years never won. Yeah, yeah. It was Ouch. Sorry to bring that up. High expectations. It was very... Very disappointing. Yeah. Were you supposed to win either one of those games? I mean, you know, I think we could have we could have won both both years. Hmm. Um, my junior year, we had a pretty pretty stellar squad, um, and we also lost by something like three points uh, in the semis to the eventual champions. And then my senior, year, we lost to. Jefferson, who who had a couple future NBA guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we also, they kind of blitzed us. That's what I remember. They they kind of uh, took us by surprise. Yeah, I think, you know, best out of three or best out of five, we probably, I, I, I put our, my money on us. Yeah, you would, okay, over a series, you think. And then you played internationally, too, for a while, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, after high school, I I joined the Israeli junior national team, um, the U18 team, and played in the, in the European Championships and um, a few tournaments around Europe. Okay. Uh, and that was fun. Huh. All right. And then at that time, were you always interested in art stuff too? Like, were you – because I just knew you as an athlete. I thought you were really good, but I didn't know – did you have an artistic yeah. side at that time too? No, man. No. None. No, not, nothing at all. Totally Zero. sports. That was it? Yeah, it was like tunnel vision for basketball growing up. And then, you know, met met people over time. Uh, one person in high school, another, you know, and then in college. That kind of opened, opened my mind up. Um, and it kind of snowballed from there. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And did you go somewhere to play college basketball and then you just got turned on to, uh, yeah, I I played small college ball at a D three school and up in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Um, and I think I knew at the time, I mean, I, I got a couple like small D one offers and a few division two offers, but I think I knew, you know, the, the timer on my basketball career was was coming to an end, hmm. uh, and I, you know, I took a an academic scholarship. 
right after a couple of years and was was able to finish school even without you know after okay. having left the team. so back to your playing small college hoops we kind of knew that that was sort of the end of the road for hoops yeah i had i, I think it, I, I was scared to accept an athletic scholarship and commit to four years of of basketball kind of starting to understand that it's it's not going to be my my career hmm. okay uh, and it was a good i mean i went to a good to a good uh basketball program a very serious d3 program but but it was a shit show and Seattle pacific no no i went to university of puget sound okay all right oh right right, right. i actually met ups you're right i went to puget sound the campus is really nice there, though. Yeah, the campus is nice. I have my I have my beef with with Puget Sound, but oh, okay, with the the whole city or with the basketball no, program? No, 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 with uh, with uh, with academic institution. Oh, I mean, okay, with with the basketball program too, of course. I mean, I quit. It was it, it ruined the game for me and a lot of other people. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of other really talented players. Okay. Which I think tends to, you know, it's like anything. You know, a bad teacher, a bad coach can ruin a subject that you'd otherwise want to pursue or excel at. Yeah. And then my last question about sports stuff, and I wanted to bring something we're talking Corvallis, but Coach Garrison was your coach there. I've coached against him many times. I don't think we ever beat him. <laughs> um, and I always – the thing about coaching is if I can tell from how your team plays, what you're practicing, then you're a good coach. And I could always, it's like I can almost tell what you guys were practicing. And I think he's one of the best coaches in the state. What did you, what was like the biggest thing you learned from him? Um, he was an amazing coach. What's the biggest thing I learned from him? I mean, sometimes you only appreciate something after you are, after it's gone, you know, and mm -hmm. as a point guard, um, he gave me a lot of freedom um, to make calls and call, you know, call plays and kind of run, run the show. Um, and he, yeah, he kind of taught me how to be a point guard. And he, he kind of told me that defense was going to be my calling card. You know that I was a, that I was a good defender, and that's where that's where I was going to become an elite player. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So tell me now, like, what? When does acting? You said it was somewhere in college. Like, what was that experience like? How do you decide that dance, acting, modeling, like that's going to become a thing for you? So each one had its has its own path. I do a lot of different, you know. There are a lot of different branches, um, but modeling. I, I was scouted in Portland by some small by this small agency in Portland when I was can't remember nineteen something like that, um, and they sent my photos over to this big New York agency and they signed me and then I spent a couple summers in New York. Brought me to New York, and uh, how does a small agency recruit you? Like, how does he, they see you on the street and stop you? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, wow. That, that's what I remember. I can't, it was so long ago that I can't really remember, but I, I'm pretty sure it was just, they saw me on the street and they told me, they gave me like a card. They were like, we want to represent you. And then I came in and they took some photos of me and they sent it to New York. And, and then New York model management signed me, you know. Wow. Uh, were you skeptical? Like, yeah, right. What is this really about? Or, I mean. I was so not a model. You right. You know what I mean? Like, I was so not, even when I went to New York, you know, I was kind of like, I, I used to go to every casting in, in like, basketball shorts. Um, okay. And be like, fuck you, I dare you. I dare you to hire me, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was a mistake, because I probably could have made a lot more money if I took it seriously. <laughs> right. Huh. So the modeling came first. That was, like, the first foray into like i don't know the entertainment side of things is that right yeah although that didn't really propel me into anything um i mean i've had i've done some cool things but the kind of art side that i the art world that i find myself in came actually i was in new york well okay i start i started writing when i was in college okay um short stories and you know weird things and then when I was in New York, I met, I fell in love with this Israeli woman, actually. Okay. And she was a world-renowned dancer, and she came to live with me in Seattle. And she started a dance company, and then I kind of joined in some weird miscellaneous way, and then it kind of, again, it snowballed, and I, you know, and I joined this company full of actual, you know, Juilliard dancers. Right. Um, was that, does that, is that intimidating at all? Where you're like, man, these people are like super classically trained in here. Like, how were you learning to dance? Yeah, I was, I was a bum. Like they, <laughs> you, no, honestly, it's, it's like very, very humbling to walk, to be in a space, a professional space where you are, you know, where other people are excellent and you are new. Yeah. Um, so how do you but, st stay in that and continue to, cause I mean, I, I, yeah, I would be like, all right, I'm out of here. Like, how do you, did you just love it so much or was it like the challenge or what was the motivating factor to keep you there? Yeah. I think that the challenge of it was fun for me. Um, it was also a very supportive group. It wasn't like a, you know, nobody, made fun of me for not being able to touch my toes when I first started. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I wasn't expected to do what they did. You know, I wasn't expected to do the kind of choreography that they did. I was kind of a miscellaneous piece. Um, yeah. Okay. And did it feed like some kind of creative itch in you though? Cause I mean, when you started creative writing, you start writing short stories. I'm assuming that sort of, I feel like as you start exploring more creative stuff, it makes you hungrier to try other avenues. Did, did that, did dance kind of satisfy any kind of creative itch for you? Yeah. And it, it all kind of came together because this, this artist, this woman, her name is Danielle Agami. So she was making work at dance universities, like at Juilliard, at, um, Boston Conservatory at all these um, very, very good 
dance programs. Mm-hmm. And, she, and when she used my writing, she set my writing to dance pieces that she made. That was actually the first thing. You know, she used my recordings of my writing or live performances, live narrations of things that I wrote. And then also in the company that I performed in, I was a dancer, but I was also a performer. I was narrating stories on stage. So is that kind of like Helena, like your video on your uh, your account, on your Vimeo account? Is it sort of like that? It's uh, it's in that vein, in that okay. vein. You know, she has her own taste. That That's something that I did on my own. Right. That's my, that it occurs is, you know, the stories that I narrated that I write for her work is usually more, um, a little less abstract, a okay. little more, you know, pointed. Hmm. Yeah. And you seem like, uh, kind of a, a deep thinker. Is that, is that accurate? Like all of your stuff as I was kind of going through your content just struck me as a lot of it's really serious and very thoughtful. And like, you know, I mean, is that something, do you spend a lot of time, thinking do you meditate like what sort of how do you approach not necessarily the creative process but how are you i don't know how do you consider yourself to be thoughtful or like how do you approach that i don't know, just just kind of curious yeah, to know how you think i definitely think a lot um i i don't think i'm some broody i'm like a broody person you know like i uh, you know, it doesn't come at the expense of humor or of, you know, me watching a lot of NBA or, mm-hmm. or you know, um, but definitely, I mean, I, I've, oh, I'm introverted and I spend a lot of time on my own and thinking and writing and, um, you know, and in a kind of a perceptive space when I'm out in the world. So then it gives me ideas or, yeah. And have you always been someone that's kind of introverted and likes to be alone and write a lot? No, maybe not write a lot, but were you always kind of an introverted type that didn't mind spending time alone? I don't know. I can't yeah. remember. You know, I mean, sit, starting at, in, in college, I remember um, going into, sinking into this solitary phase. Okay. Um, but in high school, you know, in middle school and high school, I think I was trying so hard to fit in um and even though you know looking back in retrospect i i think there was a a gap in my being israel you know trying to fit in with like my american friends so i was i think i was a little caught up in that to you know to dive into anything to have the space to dive into anything I'll say deeper. Yeah. Okay. And then, so when I was kind of researching some of your stuff, I, I didn't, I mean, I know you sort of, but like, so I kind of dove into your content. I didn't realize, I mean, you have some pretty, like you've been like, you're like a legit actor. Like you have, I mean, you've been in some commercials with, you know, bigger talent. You did a play. Did you do a play with John Hamm? So I wrote, um, I wrote the play. I wrote a series of monologues that okay. John, that John Hamm performed. So I worked alongside him um, earlier this year, actually. Awesome. And yeah. was that a, how was that as an experience? 
It was amazing. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not like a, so, you know, the celebrity isn't something that. Yeah. You're get, not like gets me riled up. Sure. Sure. But working with, you know, I'd like to think that someone is a celebrity. They are, you know, it comes because of some, some sort of talent or hard work. So mm-hmm. working with somebody, you know, and I, I watched Mad Men. I was a big fan of Mad Men. Um, and he was, he was phenomenal in that. Right. So it was very exciting, you know, and to, to see him narrate words that I wrote. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, for people, I mean, because you've had pretty, you know, you've had good success in LA for people that were trying to break in and they want to be an actor. What kind of advice would you give them? Like what's been the, the key pieces to your progress you think as a, as a creator? I mean, first I, my advice is don't. Okay. And why is that? I, I don't live an actor life. Right. You know, I, I, don't, I don't even have, I never pursued like an, it's called a theatrical agency, you know, an, an agent who sends me out on, on auditions, on acting auditions. You know, okay. I have, I have agencies for modeling and I have agencies for commercials, for TV commercials. Yes. Um, but I spend most of my time writing and making my own stuff. And so I think actors in town who are you know, that's their main focus and all they're trying to do is act. Man, it's it's pretty miserable. Um, you have to take, you know, you go, you do all these auditions and you, you know, you get rejected over and over and over and over and over and then you finally get a role and the role is, is shit. Hmm. Um, and even if it's not shit, you do the job and then the, you know, the thing itself is shit. You know, you, the the final product, you have no control over the script. You have no control over the direction, the lighting, cinematography, the ed- editing, the music. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, a, you're a puppet um, and you have no control over the quality of the work, of the overall work. So it's, it's, it's a tough thing to be an actor, I think. So Don't are, you, are you more... Are you more into like the writing side of things, the directing? Is that more the vein you are most that brings you most satisfaction? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the direction I'm heading is as a writer and director. Okay. And I, you know, I've come to meet. You know, I I I booked a a commercial um, for this hotel in Vegas. Um, and the production company that produced this commercial ended up casting me in a short film, you know, a few months later, they also ended up producing my new short film. Um, so I, I act, you know, when the occasion, you know, when it comes and sometimes I act in my own work when, if, and when I fit a role. Hmm. Okay. And I kind of feel like I did notice in your your films that you most of the time are the uh, credited editor, and I feel like you do have a knack for editing. Do you like that part of the process at all, or is it just kind of out of necessity you do it? Or 
Ooh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's editing is the worst. Right. I hate editing. I hate editing the podcast and that's not even like, I mean, yeah. Okay. So you, you don't yeah. like it either. No, it's so tedious and it's such a mind fuck. Um, yeah. and none of them, you know, 95% of the things that I make, you know, that I direct and then I edit don't end up the way they were supposed to. Hmm. Hmm. They, they kind of get reconceptualized in the editing room. Hmm. So, so yeah, editing is, is, is fucking hard, but it is out of necessity because I spend so many hours editing. There's no way I can, I have the budget to pay someone to spend that amount of time editing my stuff. Hmm. Um, so it is, I, I hope to find a, a good editor soon and have the budget to pay them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, if it means anything, I think those hours that you're putting in are paying off. I thought I, that was one of the things I noticed in your films. Like, man, the editing is really good here. Um, and on on that, did you, so you're totally self taught in all this stuff: dance, editing, acting, writing, directing, all that self taught. Yeah, I mean, if by self taught you mean school, I, I didn't go to school for no any classical other. training. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Right, right. Yeah, but okay. hmm. yeah, filmmaking especially is was just just starting to experiment with stuff, you know, and. And doing a lot of research online of, you know, how how does a camera even work? You know, I purchased my first camera and I started playing around. Um, yeah, everything was just trial and error and came from this, from a curiosity. Hmm. And I want to get into, like, the process of filmmaking and sort of your creative process here in a second. I do have one question that is kind of more of a philosophical, like how you've noticed the landscape in L.A. changing. You know, I mean, I think with... I heard Matt Damon talking on a podcast about how with so much focus on major films going international, doing box office internationally, that they've had to simplify the stories for non-native speakers. So that's why the superhero movies have been even more popular is because they're easy to follow if you don't speak English. Um, and also with the Me Too movement, there's all the stuff that's been going on in L.A. So I'm just curious to know, is someone because you've been in L.A. for how long now? Six years. Six years. So, I mean, you've kind of been in the crest of all of that change that's happening. What, have you noticed any significant differences in L.A. now versus six years ago when you first got there? So, to your first point, I, I, I see the trend over the last 10, 20 years of the kind of films that are being made. Mm -hmm. Um which is sad to me. You know, That's you what I was gonna say. It's got to be discouraging for you, right? Because you're trying to make like, yeah, like story thoughtful, you know, pictures, and really, you need yeah, to put on some tights and a cape and get to work. Yeah. So it is. It's sad to see that, but you know, I'm coming up, so I wasn't around. You know, it's not like I was making films in the '90s, and you know, was experiencing like a like a lack of work as I, as I kept going. Um, and, and as for the, the me too movement, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to, trying to ask myself 
how or when I feel it. I mean, there's just like a an era or a, an aura, you know, from the Me Too movement of this of you know female empowerment mm-hmm. uh, that's very present and very strong and honestly pretty inspiring. Um, and you know, it is. I mean, it's it comes into play. You know, when I'm making work and asking myself, okay, you know, I'm the white guy. Right. So what, you know, asking myself questions, you know, politically as I make stuff. Um, but I haven't felt, you know, restrict. I mean, I think it's only done good things and will only do good things. Um, so has it, I'll follow up on that. Has it caused you to edit some of what you're doing creatively? No. Okay. And always been, I mean, listen, I grew up in a house with really, really strong women and I was raised, you know, like I, I've, I've, I grew into the, into that wasn't a movement, you know, that was just my reality of, sure. um, you know, growing up with strong women, my sisters and my mom and my grandma. Um, so I've always, anyway, you know, I think before I make something, hmm. uh, I, I ask myself, you know, what, what is my perspective here? What, you know, I ask myself certain questions naturally. Um, and, and, you know, people might still get mad at stuff. People can still get, um, offended or, but, but I, I, I try to, for myself to be, to, to be able to stand behind my work, you know, to ask enough questions, um, to be able to stand behind everything that I make. Okay. All right. And then before we get into your stuff, I promise we get into that. I do want to know what are, do you have? Like, what are a couple of your top, your favorite movies? Like ones that you would rewatch. It doesn't have to be like, I'm just, I want to know, like when you're relaxing on the couch, what does Nadal watch? movie-wise so first I'll ha- I have to tell you I actually was never like a big movie buff you know I was okay. never like I don't I don't really like movies that much interesting um, <laughs> okay it's funny for a filmmaker but all right yeah yeah I don't I don't make movies because I like movies I make movies because it's a medium by which to communicate things, you know, to kind of uh, speak my mind, I guess. Hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to think what I, I, I recently went to, I attended a really good film festival called the Telluride Film Festival and yeah. saw a Korean film there called Parasite. Uh, that was Man, that it was phenomenal, hmm, um, okay. and I I saw like six other films there, and hmm. it's rare. It really it's rare to to see a really 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 good film. Hmm. Um, so I recommend that when it comes out. Okay, do you know when it's coming out? I don't. I think it'll come out maybe end of the year. I presume. Okay. Um, it's probably like it's in festivals now and probably will. And you know, it's Korean, so 
yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, how distribution works in the U.S. for foreign films. Probably pretty limited. Sure. So people might have to really work to see it. Right, right. Okay. All right, so now let's get into some of your stuff. My first question, though, is why is all your stuff on Vimeo and not on YouTube? And better yet, why are they not? It's not on both. Um, Vimeo, first, is just more artist-friendly. It's more artist-friendly platform. Um, even contractually, I don't give away the copyrights to my work when I put it on Vimeo, mm. which, I, which I do when I put it on YouTube. Um, it just feels like, you know, Vimeo is, is for professional, high quality art, films, things like that. And YouTube is for cat videos. Yeah. Cat videos or (laughs) blogs or cover, you know, uh, ukulele covers or big music video, you know, Hmm. um, yeah, but it's a good, I think. It, it's it limits probably my distribution for sure right yeah okay have you considered that ever like is that i know you don't really like marketing we'll talk about at the very end but like have you th- considered that the copyright thing does that does make a big difference but have you thought about doing anything on youtube ever yeah i mean Doing, I mean, you mean just publishing something on YouTube? Yeah, I'm not even sure. Now I'm thinking about the copyright thing because I had sort of an idea of like, why are we not? But that makes more sense. I mean, yeah. Listen, that's it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's the copyrights. I mean, it's not like YouTube is going to like publish my film somewhere without asking. You know, they're not interested in what I'm doing anyway. Right. Um, But I don't know. Vimeo just feels has more integrity just feels like okay the, the right platform for the kind of work that I'm making okay all right and do you have like a specific writing process so like when you're like we're going to talk about Jesus here in a little bit but like when you were writing that and did you write that with your uncle is that yes okay yeah. all right yeah then you guys wrote that together yeah we wrote and directed that film together okay as well as go ahead i'm sorry yeah as well as our my my new short film but yeah my uncle and i co-founded a a production company called somiloto films Mm -hmm. and we yeah we develop develop write and direct work together yeah okay how does that process work do you like working collaboratively versus doing the writing process alone i don't think i could work collaboratively with almost anybody. Um, it kind of was a fluke that I came to work. You know, I tried writing with other people, never ever worked. Um, and Why? with my uncle, it, it works pretty magnificently. Why did it not work, do you think, with other people? Because it's chemistry. I mean, it's like, it's chemistry and it's a, a compatibility of workflow and so many little things that that can go wrong you know with my with my uncle Erez, um our sensibility is similar our sense of humor you know is 
overlapped a lot. Um, and the way that we, that we develop a script, you know, that we talk ideas that we share the way we talk, the way we work, um, and brainstorm just works. You know, it's like fun and it flows. It's like a dialogue. We can, we can be on the phone for six hours. Um, whereas other people I've worked with, it just kind of gets awkward. It gets awkward sometimes. Um, just doesn't work. Interesting. How long does that, so when you're writing Jesus, how long does that take for you to finish that script from the, the start of the idea to the completion of the script? How long is that taking you? few months okay wow and and it went through you know it was very very different at the at, at its inception than what you see on the screen you know it went through cycles and cycles and versions and versions that were you know it, it, it evolved over time hmm. and you've kind of mentioned that too with the editing so is that sort of how the process is just always evolving? I mean, what's the process for you making a film? You come up with an idea, you start working on the script. Do you start like casting right away or like, how does, how does all of that work? Um, so for, for us, it always starts with some idea, um, or some vibe, you know? Uh, and then we, yeah, and then we start to talk about a story and ideas, and we brainstorm, and then uh, characters slowly start to form, and then we develop, you know, an arc, uh, and then an outline of scenes, and then we write the script, then we send it out for feedback, and then people, you know, tear it apart, give us feedback, and we have to, you know, take it or leave it, and adjust, and... Anyway, it goes through many cycles like that. We don't start the actual production process until until we have a, a script that we feel really, really good with, that we feel oh. is really strong. Okay, so the script has to be solid before you do anything else. Yeah, for us and our process, because the script is also the selling point. You know, when you're making, um, we're making indie, indie films, mm -hmm. you know, um, so everyone who we collaborate with basically takes a pay cut to work on our project. Um, so that's com that's compensated for by excitement about the film. And so to get people excited, you have to send them a script that's strong. You have to send them, you know, what's called a deck of, of, you know, a mood board and pictures and, you know, you get people excited. And so a strong script is, is a huge, part of getting people on board hmm. would you say that's the biggest piece is that what most they're looking for like you were talking about good roles good stories yeah i mean i think i think a good script a strong script is actually is incredibly hard to write um and so we spend and it takes so much patience and you have to, you know, you, you write a script and then you find a, you know, a hole and then it, you know, it's a domino effect. Everything goes to shit and you have to kind of start from scratch. Um, and then, you know, that happens over and over and over and you can't, you can't settle, you know? Um, but yeah, a strong script is, 
is the main building block for a film project, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And where do you find the the talent at? Because I've been impressed with the level of acting in the two short films that I've seen. One that's not out yet, but I mean, where are you? Are these people you know, or are you doing like an open casting call? Like, how are you finding it, these people? Yeah, it varies. So for for Jesus, you know, I played one of the main roles and mm-hmm. then we, we were casting for um the other lead um and so we yeah we did we put out a you know and a, a call like an open call on a network called la casting mm-hmm. we received something like 1200 submissions Jeez. um you know and then we narrowed that down to about 40 and we requested video submissions of you know part of the script um yeah and then eventually we called in you know the two two women who we thought were the strongest candidates and i met them in person and and then we you know we made a decision and does the chemistry matter so if you if you know you're playing the other lead does is there like a feeling of how that chemistry is when you meet with those two people does that impact the decision yeah i mean for for me in a film as a director performance is the most important thing it's way more important to me than fancy camera movements or um you know cool light you know any of these like kind of visual tricks i think strong performance is the most important thing so yeah chemistry between between the actors especially for a film like jesus where that's that's what it rests on you for know sure 100 percent huh. so that was, that was yeah that was one of the most important things and i one thing i think for creative people that is sometimes difficult is developing that thick skin so I felt like with you, you know, I mean, I told you I didn't like some of the stuff you did. And it was right. never like, I never felt like you were upset about that. And you're like, all right, well, what'd you, what didn't you like about it? And I was thinking, man, if someone doesn't like something I do, I'm like secretly pissed. Like, you know what? Screw you. So, like, what, uh, how did you develop the ability to, I always felt like you really just wanted me to tell you what you didn't like about it. So, like, you could kind of, you're like, hmm, all right, you know, how do you develop that and not, be emotionally especially when you're i mean you're you're spending all this time and effort to create something only to have someone be like eh, it was all right like how did you develop the ability to not take that personally um mm. or do you and i just didn't know you're such a no. good actor i didn't realize it no 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 i definitely don't take it personally or even you know even if i of course it's never i'm not going to pretend like it's nice to hear when someone's like Nah, you know, of something that I did, but I, you know, I shake it off pretty quickly because first of all, no one's going to like, not everybody is going to like anything that is out there, period, you know? So, and I think that for me, I, I, I try to make things of quality, you know, that Hopefully no one can look at something I do and say that's not well made. You know, you can say I don't like it 
that's not my, I don't get it, I don't like it, I didn't connect to it, that's one thing. Um, and that, that I can't do, that I can't control, you know, I mean, everything I've made speaks to me. Um, and something you don't like, you know, someone else has, you know, tells me that gives me really, really beautiful, positive feedback on. So, um, yeah, and to be honest, I mean, at the end, once I release something, I re- if I release something, it's because I feel good about it. Hmm. And I only care to a certain extent what, you know, the public, uh, what the public thinks about it. Yeah. Okay. And is that developed over time or have you always just kind of been like that? Like once it's out there, it's out there and people can feel how they want to feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the nature of doing anything that you put out for the public to see in any arena, in any field, you know, um, you put something out there, great, okay, now people like it or they don't like it, um, whatever, feel good. Hopefully you can feel good about the work that you did. Hopefully you learn something. Hopefully you grow and you, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where. It, it definitely takes thick skin. I'm not trying to to patronize that because I, I don't think you can make it in this field as a filmmaker or storyteller without thick skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but how to develop it is just to, just to keep going. Eventually you just get thick skin if you keep going. Just take enough criticism that eventually you just learn to let it go or what? Yeah. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you just keep going. I mean, you know, yeah. some people that criticism eventually where it, it can wear you down um, to the point where it's like, okay, what am I doing? Right. Um, you know, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not good at this. Um, and it's only the people who kind of, even if it affects them, they just keep going. They just make another thing and then another, another and another. Um, and then, and then still you either make it or you don't. Sure. But yeah. Hmm. All right, so let's talk specifically about Jesus. What do you want to, can you kind of talk about the film before I dive into the specifics and the questions I had about it? Can you just kind of give us some thoughts on the film? No. No. But, no, but I can answer any questions that you. Okay. All right. Um, I don't want to give out any spoilers, but I will say like the takeaway for me is that and and it kind of it hit me more when I was watching your new film that's not released yet could because I had the same feeling watching both and I felt like your stuff is kind of uncomfortably realistic that was sort of what I my takeaway was and it kind of reminded me of Steve Carell and like Crazy Stupid Love or Dan in Real Life where it's almost sometimes hard to watch it because it feels so realistic. Like I was believing what was happening in that story. Is that sort of like, is that the emotion that you're trying to get people to feel? Well, it's funny that you, that you thought that about the new film, Jackie and the rats, because 
to me, it's much less realistic. It's a little more comedic and surrealistic. Interesting. But, but for Jesus, that was, that is the film. The whole, you know, the, the film is about a couple who haven't seen each other for a long time. And one of them went through a, something very traumatic. Um, so it kind of rested on what can the viewer believe that these people know each other really well, you know, have a deep history and deep love for one another in a short period of time can you can you can you accomplish that thing which you know through nuance and through eye contact and through the way you know they laugh and talk with one another so definitely for Jesus that was definitely the the objective to make it feel really real yeah huh. I guess maybe with the second film, it's there's parts of it where I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, it's tough, it's tough. Right. But uh, I, a friend of mine watched it. I had him watch. I was like, hey, I just wanted like some feedback from someone other than me, and yeah. his feedback was that he was he was surprised at how much story was told in that 15 minute time, and I felt that too. I felt like it was it's like um, it's dense. Like there's a lot of a lot happening in that short amount of time. How do you tell a story in, you know, 15 or 16 minutes and why why is it why are you choosing that time frame versus like trying to create like a full motion picture like hour and a half or 2 hours? Um well that's the thing. I think the craft of short films is very different from the craft of a feature film because okay. you have you have so little time. You can't really tell can't really give a backstory and then you know you you have only 15 minutes or you know most short films are 10 to 20 minutes mm -hmm. um, so yeah and again I, I I told you we went through a lot of cycles of what do we what do we put in um, into this film in order to give enough background on the characters so like you know them without it feeling like exposition, you know? Right. It's um, almost, it's kind of like Twitter where you have to like limit the amount, you're limited by the amount of characters. So you have to be really concise with what you're doing. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, I don't have Twitter, but that, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Of course you don't have Twitter, but uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. What do you hope people like, is there, I guess you've kind of already answered this a little bit, but what do you hope people get from your films? Do you want them to just, are you like shooting for a specific thing with each different film or do you just hope that they're all just generally moved or like what, or do you maybe not care that what they get, like you're just putting it out there as the art it is. Like how, what do you, how do you, yeah, I guess what do you expect or what do you hope people get from your stuff? Edda's and I always say, I think it's naive to say I don't care what people think, mm -hmm. uh, no, because you're making a film and you're making it something for other people to watch. So of course you want them to feel something, and that's kind of our motto: is to make the audience feel something. You know, mm -hmm. um, so with with Jesus, you know, Erez and I had both at that time. 
um, separated from longtime partners. I mean, his was much longer, but, uh, you know, we, we were going through this like change and through this kind of heartbreak, um, mm. you know, and not very amicable heartbreak, but, but, sure. but still, uh, well, that's almost so, kind of what's happened. I mean, part of that film is there is some of that closeness, you know what I mean? And there is that comfortability, but also the pain of that loss too, right? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's a, even though there's so much good between the characters, something, something broke something it you know you can't go back something mm-hmm. that has ended and it's a you know it's it, yeah it's a sad thing when that happens hmm. okay yeah and what's next for jesus like i know you had it in some film festivals it's, it's won some awards what like are you guys do you promote it or does it just hang out in the world or like what what's next for that so yeah i mean the first thing we did was submit to festivals all around the world um and it mostly didn't get accepted hmm. um and then suddenly you know it, it got accepted for example to the oregon short film festival and won you know it won the best drama award so it's so funny you know, again, it's you, you can like the film and someone else can be like, this is boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, short films don't have, don't really have a market, a commercial market. Um, so it's a stepping stone, you know, I mean, since then we made our next short film that was bigger, you know, it was in a collaboration with a, with a really badass company um and our next short film is now shortlisted for sundance and you know we're you know and then our next project will be bigger you know our next project will either be a feature or or some kind of tv show um so it was a way for us to to share something that was real for us at the time and also learn and make our way keep making our way up interesting so you're like is it kind of like a proving ground where you can show like hey we have the chops we know how to do this and then it's also you're improving your skills by doing this okay all right this is this is what successful people do okay that's good you're like fitting into the narrative and then you jumped ahead a little bit i don't want to talk too much about the new film because it's not out yet first of all when will it be out when are you kind of anticipating that it'll be available we don't know. Um, we're really hoping it gets into uh, one of the big film festivals, you know, uh, Sundance, Tribeca, South, you know, one, one big festival that will be, that, that'll be a breakthrough for us. Yeah. But it, you know, it's so unlikely to get into any of these festivals because they get thousands of submissions and they accept a few dozen. Yeah, um, just to get shortlisted at Sundance is, is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal, but it's you know, it's nothing yet. If we get in, we'll we'll celebrate. Okay. We'll, right. we'll, 
that will be our world premiere and we'll invite you. Um, But yeah, I mean, now these two short films, you know, if we pitch our next, you know, a bigger project, we can say, okay, here's our, here's a portfolio of work. You know, we know what we're doing. Um, Interesting. Trust us to direct this this bigger thing. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And how do people find you? Like if they want to see your stuff, they want to consume your content. I know this is your favorite part of everything. How do people find you? Um, I have a website, nadavhayman.com. And okay. um, my company has a website, um, which is somilotofilms.com. Can you spell that in case people are trying to yeah, type S- that? S-O-M-I-L-O-T-O films.com okay. all right and now if you go to if if i go to nadavhayman.com mm-hmm. i can see all of your stuff there right yeah so there's there's some stuff that's not you know we just released jesus online so now the full film is available online i have um you know a dance film project that i that i made in thailand that is still kind of touring in in festivals is that so- asphyxiation Asphyxiation. Okay, yeah. can you tell me a little bit? I, I will be honest. I don't really get the dance stuff. I'm. I've never really understood. It's like I can appreciate it. Like, wow, that's really cool. But I don't get it. Can do you have any like insight into that? Like, what? Because yeah, I just I didn't really get it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't. I'm not a dancer. Okay, I mean, I can call myself a dancer, and I book work sometimes as a dancer um, uh-huh. and I make dance films that are, you know, that are successful, but I didn't grow up dancing. You know, I'm a, I was a basketball player. Um, so that's the misconception when you're watching an art film or a dance film. Like I don't get it. You know, there's nothing to get. Yeah. I mean, for, for my work is it's not, it's not narrative, you know, mm. it's, again, it's, some kind of visual concept and some kind of feeling, you know, some kind of like um, emotional thread that you're trying to, that you're tugging at, you know, with, with this constraint um, where you, you know, it's, it's not dialogue. Um, and so sometimes that actually has the capacity to open something else up in, in the viewer. But some viewers are like, you know, what the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> okay, all right. And that's you know, that's legitimate. But yeah, go watch some, go watch some of my dance films and and give it a give it a shot. Okay, all right. So nadavhayman.com. Also, if I've I've just been going to Vimeo and searching your name, and that's where I was pulling all your content from. Uh, do you have any social media stuff? Yeah, I have I have Instagram. Um, and Facebook, which is starting to feel more and more obsolete. But sure. um, my Instagram, you know, Nadav Heyman, um, is I'm, I, I should be more active than I am, but mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm there. People can get in touch with me. Okay. Yeah. And so can we talk a little bit about the marketing side of things here? Because uh, I know you're, you said you just hate this side of it. Um, what is your strategy for, like, distribution getting people because I mean part of the reason I wanted to have you on the pod and it even took 
some convincing to get you to be on the pod was that I feel like more people should be seeing Jesus, but it's almost like this well-kept secret. And it's like, you know, there's no, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like you were making a big push to get people to see it other than, you know, I saw you posted on Facebook and talked about it coming to the film, the Oregon film festival and stuff, but what's your marketing strategy for getting stuff out? Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I don't have a big following. I'm not, I'm not such a big social media person. So <laughs> me posting, you know, I do, I post on my social media. Hey, I made a short film. You should watch it. Um, but that has limited, uh, you know, it's a limited scope. Mm-hmm. And, and for a short film, you know what, honestly, I don't think there are many distribution avenues and especially for, you know, for a short film that is narrative and it's patient and it's nuanced. Um, you know, you can't, you can't put something like that on people don't have the patient, you know, what, where, how do you market something like that? So, um, for me, it's, you know, it was, again, it was, a, it was a stepping stone. It was a way to make the next film to grow, to meet people, to get better at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day, you know, one day people will be like, this was his first short film. Let's watch it. <laughs> okay. So do you feel like you're just going to continue to get better and move up the ladder, you know, getting bigger projects and then eventually someone else will deal with the marketing? Yeah. And it depends what, you know, if I make, you know, if Erez and I decide to make a, a feature film or a TV show, it comes with a territory. It comes it's like it's you're in, in partnership with a studio who handles the marketing right um for my for my short films um yeah the marketing is it's limited, mm-hmm. it's limited. um i think that's kind of the extent to what i can do is share it on social media and encourage people to watch um yeah have you ever thought about trying to grow your followings and then so then when you put something out more people would see it yeah of course okay that's uh that that would be the smart thing okay so then why why has that not happened because it just it doesn't come naturally to me to post the whole, you know, the the self promotion thing. I talked about it with you. you know, I don't have that self promotion gene. Sure. I'm from the school of thought where, you know, I'm going to make thoughtful and, um, you know, work of quality, and I'm I'm going to trust that it's going to get noticed. You know that if you do something well for long enough. Um, eventually you'll, good things will happen. Hmm. Okay. That being said, that being said, the smart thing to do and which I will probably do at some point is hire somebody to run my, my social media, um, okay. and, and grow my following for me because I just, 
yeah, I just can't do it. Okay. Well, I've got some thoughts for you. I, I kind of want to share them off the air, though, because I don't know. I think we're going to have to kind of talk about some stuff. But I do have some ideas for you I think that might be helpful. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we get done? I don't want to take up too much time here. But um, I do think people need to see the, see Jesus. And I'm excited. The The new film is really good, too. I wish we could, you know, we got to wait. When Maybe when it comes out, you can come back on the pod and talk yeah, about no. that. But um I, I really liked Jesus a lot. I thought it was oh one question I did final question about that is why did you choose that name? Was there a reason? I mean, because obviously that Jesus is gonna have some right off the bat emotional uh connotation to it. Is there is that did you choose that specifically? Because I mean you could have called it anything, you know? Right. Yes. Um I mean first you know you know, Jesus is a name of a character in the film, mm-hmm. so that's uh, that's the easy answer. But right, but the, that but what I was saying is that character's name could have been anything. You know, right. But the, there's there's something else. You know, the, the film is about a guy who suffered this freak um, burn injury, right? And mm-hmm. half his body is now burned, and he's meeting up with his ex for the first time since that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two things I think with the name Jesus first, it, it brings up like a religious, obviously, right. A religious feeling where, you know, you pray to Jesus and even atheists in times of desperation or, um, you know, when something really, really frightening happened and you're like, please don't let this be true. You know, you kind of look up. Sure. And like, you know, um, and that's something, you know, when something traumatic happens like that, it, it brings you to that place where you're like, please don't let this be what I think it is. Hmm. And the second thing is the colloquial, uh, meaning of Jesus. You know, when you see something and you're like, Jesus, you know, like, whoa okay and and you know i was walking around we shot it in denver colorado i was walking around with this really really good really realistic looking um burn makeup on my face yeah um you know and people are taken aback when they when they see it and i think that if you had to think of a one word reaction see somebody it's jesus you know so interesting okay so those were the two kind of, you know, hidden um, reasons uh, for us for naming it Jesus, and it's and it's catchy. That'll be that's the fourth. Hmm. Okay, all right, yeah. interesting. Okay, so yeah, um, people should definitely check out Jesus. It was it's very good. Um, is there anything else? No, yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd love. I'd, you know, if you do watch Jesus, whoever you are, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, it's a film that meant a lot to us. And, you know, we see something in it. We think it's a strong film. So, Where would they I, give you that feedback at? On Vimeo, on your Instagram? Either. Anywhere. Okay. My website, on Vimeo, on Instagram. Okay. Uh, do you have, like, a contact section on your website? I do, yeah. Okay, perfect. 
Okay, cool. Well, thanks for being here, man. And thank you for for watching and for insisting that I that I come on. I mean, I don't know about insisted, strongly encouraged, you know. I I would say insisted, but I I appreciate the you know you coming back and, and being like you should you should do it anyway. Um, and, and it wasn't that bad, right? It wasn't like super painful. No, no, not at all. Okay, good. See, here we go. All right, cool. Well, thanks for being here, Devin. Thank you. Of course. All right. All right. Later.